welcome to Monday's Kings of Anglia podcast. For once, we've got some good news to talk about this Monday. Uh, I am Mark Heath. I'm your host as ever. And with me to talk about the win on Saturday and obviously a couple of other things arising since we last spoke. Maybe not so good news. Andy Warren, the deer hunter. <laughs> you, were, you were on a, a long road trip to Plymouth at the weekend, my friend. Did you take the opportunity to end the life of another sentient being on the way? <laughs> no, uh, no animals were harmed in the uh, in the trip to and from Plymouth, and that's uh, that's something I'm very proud of. That is a bonus, um, and also, my friend, have you actually warmed up yet? Because you looked and sounded so cold post game. The temp the temperature dipped significantly bef- between kickoff and full time. It was so so cold, bitterly cold, and all of all of my all of my wintry headwear um, isn't particularly professional, um, so I've tended not to wear them in press boxes. Um, I might have to start. They've all got like quite big bobbles on the bobble hats, okay. so I'm, I maybe need to get a a standard issue boring grey woolly hat to try and keep my head warm. But um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all right now. I'm under my little blanket. I always have a little blanket on when we do these over my legs, um, like an old, like an old lady. <laughs> it's rare that you can actually hear in someone's voice just how cold they are, um, oh. and that was that was exactly the situation on Saturday. Um, now I think you need to get one of those kind of Soviet era hats, you know, with the uh, <laughs> yeah, get one of them for the press box. That'd, that'd um, make a few uh, eyebrows raise, I'm sure. Um, um, there, there is a member of the ITFC travelling press group who is currently banned from attending press conferences, who does possess one of those hats. Ah. And I, and I would assume that at some point in the next few weeks, it might be, it might be coming out because it does every, every winter it comes, he brings it out and he tells everyone where he got it. And that was in Moscow when Ipswich went there in 2001. So ah. uh, there will, there will at least be one of those in the, yeah. uh, in the press box soon. He's rocking the, uh, the, the cricket hat as well for most of the summer, isn't he? In the heat. Which yeah, is, uh, I like the contrast. Yeah, um, a, ha- a hat for all seasons. <laughs> a man who sports a hat for all seasons. Roscoe, you're a man who sports a beard for all seasons. Uh, what, what's your What's your stance on hats? Do you own many? Yeah, I like my like me a baseball cap and a little little beanie. You know, for for the winter time. So, yeah. You know, With your start. baseball caps, are you are you a snapback wearer or do you bend the the rim, so to speak? I think when I was when I was younger, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> won't go into that. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, of course, you know, backwards. But now, of course, of course, yeah, you've got to when you're young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we should move on. <laughs> Are you all right though, Ross? You're well. Yes, um, I'm a happy man because yesterday I got my. Beautiful Christmas cake made by my lovely nan. Every year she makes me a Christmas cake and and I'm happy about it. So I've already Amazing. had one slice. So, yeah. What's your nan's name? Doreen. Doreen. Shout out Doreen. She's a big town fan as well, isn't she? Yeah, seems to get older. Outstanding. Yeah. Superb. Excellent. Well then, boys, um, let's talk about the football. Ipswich Town won a game at the weekend. They um, they came from behind to do it, which again was 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 pleasant to see. Hutchie, you were there. You saw it unfold before your, your freezing cold eyes. Let's start with you. What what did you make of it? Um, for an hour of it, I thought it was going the same way as as a lot of games that we've seen. Um, 
plenty of the ball, not particularly threatening with it. Caden Jackson had a big chance in the first half after Ipswich had gone behind, and that was that was the, the sum. That was about it that they'd made. Really, he admitted afterwards he should have taken that chance. But they have gone behind to a goal, which uh, I turned to Stu after that goal went in from from Jeffka off the underside of the bar, and that's just a goal that Ipswich aren't capable of scoring. Kind of at the moment, it seems, or at least it seemed, sort of an incisive move down a flank, take advantage of an overlap, crisp ball, thumping finish, and that's the kind of goals that I want to see Ipswich scoring. Um, mm. That the Plymouth one, and and up until an hour hour or so into the game they didn't look like doing it they began to get on top a little bit uh, from the hour mark Danny Mare um, a former Ips- Ipswich target would led to believe he was in Suffolk to to talk about a move in the, the summer of 2019 he gets himself sent off for two really silly bookings and for once it, it, Ipswich have taken full ad- full advantage of that and they've uh, they've scored two goals in a minute both born down the left and um Ultimately, got the win. It was it was enjoyable. It was, I, I enjoyed seeing it. It was it, it was uh, some moments of clinicity and clinical play that has been missing. It was uh, mm. thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, Ross, did you enjoy watching the game for a change? Uh, not the first half. First <laughs> half can uh, we can forget about very much. So like the Oxford game. Um, but yeah, it's just good to see us actually use the possession a bit more. The crosses were actually getting delivered in okay. Um, you know, good finish from John Lone. I just I was pleased that we actually did go on a score and equaliser and we went one nil down. I was sort of concerned we were gonna possibly you know, this is gonna be the same old story, but thankfully we got the goal and then in a way maybe the Jackson, you know, second goal was what we needed to really win that game is to get a quick fire goal, boom, get all three points and move on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, Plymouth weren't in the best form, but I don't think you can ever sniff at, at getting a win, especially when you have to come from behind on the road to do so. That's a good, always a good sign of character. Um, Hutchie, I thought I thought Town were useless with two up top, though. Seemed like they did all right to me. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the second goal in particular is exactly what we thought Ollie Hawkins might be able to do. Sort of an expert chest pass into into the path of into the path of Jackson they you know they had a couple of moments where they linked up as an actual front two um but you know, I, I, you know they they weren't they weren't free flowing as a front two let's not let's not pretend that they were all of a sudden battering the door the Plymouth door down but in that big moment it needed it needed a striker to do that and and that's exactly what they got to say they're useless as a front two is a really really silly thing to say i mm. thought because because one you barely tried it and two they're not <laughs> um i i i'm not we've talked about formations a lot on here haven't we i i i do like the 4231 for Four three three, whatever you want to call it, I like it as a formation. Ipswich just haven't got used to having. They're not good enough at playing it, and that comes mm. for me down to the wide areas. Mm. Um, the reasons why, and obviously there's been strikers that are injured as well. But you know, I, I'm not all of a sudden thinking that four four two is going to be the saviour of uh, of Ipswich Town and suddenly suddenly get them rocketing back and beating these best teams in the league. I, I don't know if it will, but to say they're useless as a front two is is not 
not particularly sensible because even if you do start with your your preferred system which clearly they're working on all the time they've worked all summer on it and they're warming up in it and doing everything like that if you're behind in a game and you've got big ollie hawkins on on the bench you're naive if if you're not sort of ready to to turn to him to Mm. to try and make something happen with an extra striker on the pitch and and that's exactly what they did in this game and they got their they got their rewards from that. Mm. Who stood out for you, Hutchie? I read your uh, your player ratings available now online if you've not seen them. Um, and you gave Stephen Ward and, and Caden Jackson the, the top marks, 8 out of 10 for both of them. So clearly they, they were your pick of the town bunch, were they? Not after 15 minutes, they weren't. Stephen Ward, the first 10, <clears> 15 minutes of this game, Stephen Ward was really worrying me. He He looked, he looked cold. Uh, both in terms of his, both in terms of the weather and in terms of kind of his football heat, um, there, was, there was some sloppy passes a couple of times caught in possession. He's not he's not been the same player since he got that Achilles injury. But but almost almost from the minute Stu and I started discussing that in the in the press box, which is a very different press box to the last time I went there, I must say. Um, almost as soon as they started, almost as soon as they that conversation he he came into the game was getting forward more often uh second half obviously he's delivered two balls that led to the two goals and he was the most vocal aside from david cornell maybe he was the um he was the most vocal player on that pitch when the first one went in he was going around every single ipswich player geeing them up getting in their faces telling them that, that one goal wasn't enough and sure sure enough minute or so later the, the ball's in the back of the net again and he, he had a real influence on this game and it was good to see because I, I was beginning to get a little worried about him um, mm. since that Achilles injury he suffered at MK Dons he's come back um, I think he had three weeks out and has come back from that and just has not looked the same player but for the final hour and hour and a bit of this match he looked much more like the the Stephen Ward that we thought Ipswich had got back in sort of August September time mm. Rossi, what, what stood out for you from the game? Uh, David Cornell's shirt changing. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was weird, uh, wasn't it? That was very weird. That was uh, yeah, once what, what, it was it was orange and it was pink. Um, but no, I think um, as a whole, I was just pleased with you know just the possession. We used it more wisely than we have done. Um, going forward a bit more, like Judge, as one time with Judge, I thought it was just going to go back, but then he actually went forward with it. I thought, oh, okay, go on, Judge. And I thought Judge had a good game, mm. um, which is good to see. Um, Marcus Stewart, Cullen, Stephen Ward, Stephen Hunt, so many times during the game. Um, I love Marcus, but <laughs> Stephen Ward, Stephen Hunt is uh, he's, he's Irish as well, and they're both called Stephen, but two very different players. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Mick, Mick, McCarthy, Mick McCarthy, Irish. Mick McCarthy, Irishman, yeah, Getting confused there, isn't he? He, I think he did it at Oxford on Tuesday night as well. I tell you what, though, Mark, Marcus Stewart. I know we did we just. I don't know if we discussed this on the podcast or not. All of my conversations, I can't remember which ones get recorded, but he can <laughs> he can come in he can come in a press box whenever he wants because the uh, the amount of little snacks that suddenly appear when uh, when Marcus Stewart's in the in the house, he uh, came over and brought a few little uh, Cadbury roses over. Uh, before the game for Stu and I, and uh, he can uh, he can get on the radio whenever he likes, in my opinion. He's an all-round legend, Marcus Stewart, isn't he? Um, sure, sure uh, is. 
obviously not everyone who who is listening to this podcast would have watched the game. So um, we saw McGavin and Dobra start as well. Um, how did they fare, the youngsters that um, Lambert's so concerned not to criticise? Apparently, um, McGavin was the McGavin that we've that we've seen in all the games, and that and that's fine. He uh, he's not Andre Dazelle. He's not got that. He's not quite got that um, zip in his passing and. He's not quite got that eye for a pass, but he he's a responsible player. He I don't think he's a player that's gonna let you down. Um and he didn't he didn't again. Dobra Dobra had more of the ball, I thought, than he did than he managed to get at Oxford on Tuesday night. That's his first time starting back to back league games, which was which was great to see. He had some moments where he was able to get on the ball and drive towards goal, which is what you want him to do. Interestingly playing in the in the number ten role, which was which was good to see for large portions of this, had one shot saved, but again, again he, he did get kicked out of it a couple of times, lost possession a couple of times, and I think that's just going to be a theme with with players like that. Um, while he's while he's maturing, maybe that that's an area where he could maybe he could maybe uh, maybe improve a little bit in terms of hanging on to the ball a little bit too long. Um, but no positive. Positive to see from him, and good to see that that he's he's finally getting a chance to to show what he can do. But he has got more to show, I think, than what he has in the last two games. Um, boys, it's a really strange time to be an Ipswich Town fan at the moment. That they're third in the table um, in League One. Obviously, they've got a lot of injured players to come back. They've just won a game at Plymouth, and yet there is obviously this this feeling amongst the fan base. Uh, Terry Hunt, one of our Ipswich Town columnists, um, Ipswich Town fan for many, many more years than than we've been, referred to it in his column this morning as the worst he can ever remember in terms of the feeling of the fans in relation to the club off the back of of Lambert's comments and also Mark Seven's statement last week, which we'll talk about in due course. And yet if Lambert is going to turn this around, the only way that's going to happen is through through wins. Um, Rossi, as a town fan, has has the win at the weekend made you feel differently in any way about the the kind of scenario around the club? Um, I think I'm happy for a win in any you know term of you know current situation. I think you know you'll not, you'll never go. Oh, we lost, we won today. Oh, whatever. Like I'm happy with one, three points in the bag, a long trip to Plymouth. Um, you know, thankfully I didn't need to go this year. So, sorry, sorry, Andy and Stu. Um, <laughs> but you know, you're happy. You're happy with a win um, on the weekend. Um, it doesn't maybe change a lot of people's opinion on on Lambert and the current state of affairs. But I think it gives a bit of positive positivity on the weekend, seeing your team, you know, win. Yeah, absolutely. Hutchie, do, you, do you, I mean in terms of we've t- we've all said on here that. We think it's unlikely that, that Lambert can turn things around. But the, the only way that is going to happen is if Town can string some wins together and get, get some good feeling going. Um, how important for you was it that, that, that Town got the result on Saturday? They had to win this game. Um, but the games the games where he's going to turn this around are the games that are coming up, like Portsmouth and Peterborough. That Those are the games that are going to turn around the feeling that's there. Because the issue, the issue is, not, is not beating promotion contenders in league one and that and that's the issue that's hanging over from last season and I think that's the biggest the biggest question that hasn't been answered yet is well maybe it has been answered they've not got that question right yet have they how to beat how to beat the best teams in the league and and 
flex their muscles on the days where you need to truly, truly show that you're a promotion contender yourself. I think those are the games where the tide of opinion are going to are going to turn for Paul Lambert. Um, mm. This was a really welcome win. They it, it had great character in it, um, which is great. There's there's not an awful lot of negatives to take there. Um, there are negatives there if you really want to look for them. But personally, personally, I I just think I I, th- I think you could do with just looking at this game for what it was a, a good win. They should they should win these games quite often. Um, but you've got to do it against the best teams, I'm afraid, and and that's where that's where the tide of opinion is going to turn. Mm. Any other notes from this, boys? Before I move on to some comments from the Carey Army, we about Lambert's post game. Anything else to to throw in there, Hutchie or, or Ross? There, um, the I follow had two different angles, which was oh. a nice little thing. So they had Fancy. one, one you know their normal shot, and then one behind sort of the goal. So that was a nice little extra. And there's a lot of replays in this game as well. So you know, I think they, I don't know if they're bum is it. You know what's what's different to Plymouth to say Portman Road because Portman Road's normally just got one angle, so mm. I don't know. Up their game, yeah, good, good though, good though, if you're yeah. forced to watch from home. Yeah. Um, Hutchie, anything else to mention before we we move on to some comments? I'm quite happy with David Cornell as the starting goalkeeper. Um, in terms of saves in this game, he he didn't have an awful lot to do in terms of saves and he couldn't have done anything about the first goal but he he's starting to to fill me with a maybe a bit more a bit more confidence than than Thomas Holy at times there was one moment where he he came out really sharply to get the ball at the, the uh, I think at the striker's feet when Wolfenden missed and it missed a chance to to clear the ball but but Cornell was um really sharp in getting on the on that and then late on as well he uh he had a right go at Mark McGuinness for for switching off um in a moment I think McGuinness cleared a ball that Cornell clearly called for um and that was a really good sign for me I I like that I think we should we should probably also talk about the fact there were fans in the ground for this game which was which was massive um just walking to the ground was just felt so normal. It, there were fans with scarves on. You could smell the burger vans. There were people shouting abuse at the referee. Um, only eighteen hundred fans in there. That's what Plymouth were allowed, and but it sounded like an awful lot more. And it and it just sounded like that little bit of normality was coming back again. And it was really, it was really nice. It actually, it was quite emotional. Actually, it it did feel that way. Um, and it, it was it was a really good thing to see. I'm looking forward to to some blue some blue back inside uh, Portman Road at, at the weekend now because that was a, a real step in the right direction. That's an excellent shout, Hutchie. Very remiss of me to have not mentioned that so far. Of course, fans returning. And I particularly enjoyed your start to your Sunday snap about the um, when the first chant of the referees a wanker started. It was like, ah, back to normality. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the real vaccine, that is. Um, yeah, and I think I, I reckon the ref, referee probably missed that as well. Yeah. He felt, yeah, life's, life's back to normal again. Tricky, <laughs> he's been getting his wife just to chant at him. Yeah, yeah, his wife and kids just in the morning when he wakes up. <laughs> now he's uh, now he now his his world is spinning again. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and also a peek behind the curtain, Principal Hutchie. In that same Sunday snap, you referred to initiation songs being sung on the bus on the way. Can you can you give us the uh, the inside track as to who was the best singer? Uh, yeah, it was in, in the hotel when they got when they got to Plymouth. Um, yeah. There were four songs, 
four songs were sung, uh, were sung, which is a wonderful football tradition of first away games. Whenever people play in their first away game for the club, they have to do that. And uh, on this occasion, that was Liam Gibbs, who was an unused substitute. He sang Stand By Me and Elkin Bad Baggett sang a John Leg- Legend song, which I can't remember the name all, of. All of, me, right all of me, all of you, one of the two. Yeah, something like that, one of them. And uh, apparently he was very good, Elkin. Um, he was an unused sub. He was, I'm sorry, he didn't make the bench. He just travelled for to be part of the travelling group. But um, yeah, he was very good. Liam Gibbs was quite good. And I think the two... Uh, two lads from the club's media team got involved as well because they uh, they took they went on the trip with the club on the bus and stayed in the hotel so uh Jacob Henderson sang Islands in the Stream and uh, Mikey Hale who uh, joined the club last season uh butchered Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to have seen it Superb. Uh, right, let's take some thoughts from the Kerry Army before we move on to uh, Lambert after the game. Billy Hunt says, basically, we've got no choice but to get behind Lambert and the team, obviously on the back of uh, Marcus's statement, which we'll talk about in a minute. Charlie Baxter says, I think the win gives Lambert some breathing space, but as he said himself, it's not enough to restore the positivity. I'd need to see wins against the top six for that, just as you say, Hutchie. Um, Mouth 11, it's such a difficult time to be a town fan. Happy we won, of course. I've accepted Lambert staying regardless, so may as well back the team. I've got no faith he can get us up, though, and I can't believe Dezel has signed massive for the club. That's a reference to Andre Dezel signing a new deal, which, again, obviously will come on to in due course. Sheepy says we can't forget previous poor performances because of this win, but a win is always great. Let's hope it continues and negativity about the club goes away. We will see. Dezel, new contract, and a win equals a good week. FPL Tractor says, could Danny Mayer's red card be Lambert's Mark Robbins in the FA Cup at Forest moment, or is the game more akin to that Barnsley game for Paul Jewell? Obviously, that's a reference to the, the remarkable four, uh, 5-3 it was, wasn't it, at Barnsley all those years ago. It saved Jewell's job and also the uh, the game that saved Alex Ferguson's job there. Um, and then our old friend Skylard uh, says, always happy with the win, but the damage was done the week before. As wrong as getting rid of Mick was, it was Evans who pandered because he feared losing ticket sales. To lash out now, it's all gone wrong. was a terrible look. He has all the power and info to change things, not us. Right then, Hutchie. Lambert post-game, considering Town had just won, um, was downbeat, I think it's fair to describe him as. Uh, what, what was your take on on his, his kind of demeanour post-game and also this bizarre comment about knowing what would stop the negativity but not wanting to say? Um, I don't think he... I think he was obviously pleased with the win, but I don't get the impression he was particularly pleased with the way that they saw the game out, which was at times a little chaotic. Um, like Lambert Lambert and Stuart Taylor were having to talk the team through how to take a goal kick at times um, <laughs> because he, wa- he wanted the defenders to show short for the ball like they do all the time, but they weren't. And I think he was a bit, I get the impression there was maybe a frustration with how the game was seen out, which was probably the emotion that he finished the game with rather than the elation of, of winning. Um, he's, he's, he's said himself, he's pretty aware of the situation um, in terms of that win, not changing the narrative particularly. And he's probably right there and maybe he's preparing I don't know, maybe he's prepared for that interview in a way that he doesn't 
want to, you know, seem overly thrilled. That might just be the image that he wanted to present. I don't know. In terms of the comments about knowing what needs to change, I, I get the feeling that that might be related to off the field things rather than anything on it. I think it might be related to the business side of the club and just the, the overall way that the club is run. Cause I know that they're not, they're still not, they've done a lot of work to, to try and things going at the club behind the scenes. And I don't think that's as far as along as what they may like potentially. That's the, that's the feeling I get to what, what he might've meant with those comments. Hmm. Okay. Um, what, what was your take on, on Lambert post-game, Ross? Uh, like some people think it will be mind games and all that. I just, I sometimes don't read into them too much because, you know, the Boxing Day, you know, one was just a strange one, weren't it? And we thought, oh, is he going to be going? Um, yeah. And then, yeah, he's still here and a five-year contract get chucked in his, in his face. So uh, I sometimes don't look into it too much and, I don't really listen to it most of the times because I'm normally doing the, the game day stuff. Yeah. So then the, the first time I actually see it is normally someone putting it out on Twitter or Stu, you know, Stu's quotes um, from it. So I sometimes don't look into it too much, really. I just sort of just leave it, really. Mm. Let's move on then to, to, to Marcus Evans' statement, which came out last Thursday night. Um I got a call again, Pete, behind the scenes about, I think it was about half five from Stu saying, ah, we're going to have to change the back page. Uh, Marcus is about to put something out backing Lambert. Um, so, yeah, all very good. And then when I saw the statement, um, parts of it left me mouth agog, Hutchie, um, the, particularly the uh, the stuff about be careful what you wish for. Um, one of the most extraordinary statements I think I've seen a club from a club owner that I can remember, uh, almost to the point of, of trolling his own fans. You made me sack Mick McCarthy and look where it got us. I'm going to stick with Lambert now. But what was your take on, on the Marcus statement, Hutchie? Such a, even, even if that's the point you're, you're trying to put across, which I don't think is the most wise of points to try and put across. Don't use that expression. Yeah. If, if, if there's any expression you do not use, it's that. Uh, it's so, it, it's incredibly misguided, that statement. I, absolutely get that he wanted to to back his manager and make clear that i am backing paul lambert i've you know some will disagree with with that clearly people have made their opinion clear that they think it's time to go there's been there's been a banner to to that extent and but but i absolutely respect marcus evans position that he would want to publicly back his manager but the other bits just so un so unnecessary, and it, there's some patronising bits in there too. Like you, you don't get an accurate picture of these games if you're not in the ground, essentially, which I, I don't think is true. Mm. Um, bits where like, I see, I have a privileged look behind the scenes, and I can see this is going on the right track, kind of thing. It, but just to, to use the expression, "Be careful what you wish for," uh, an expression that's been thrown back at. It, Ipswich fans seemingly every week by Chris Sutton at, mm. at various points and others as well. And it's been used as a used as a stick to beat Ipswich Town fans with for for the best part of two well, over two years now. Um it's really misguided. And I don't I don't know what they were trying to achieve by using that expression in this in this statement because it's 
it's just completely unnecessary. Just antagonistic, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. It really is. It really but, is. And that, but that's the bit people have caught, have caught up on, like picked up on, isn't it? Like the rest of it, you know, I hope, looking forward to seeing fans back in the ground. It's been a tough time for the club. Uh, I know things aren't going right on the pitch, but I've got faith in the manager. If it was that kind of stuff, I think it would have been, there, there'll be people that would have disagreed with the backing of Paul Lambert and, and things like that. Of course there, of course there would have been, but it's that bit that's got people's backs up and it just, it just, at a time where I think there are so many, so many supporters that are either really invested in it still, which is a great thing that people still really care about this football club to the point that they would be, could be bothered to get angry and could be bothered to, to make banners to express their point at a time where they can't do it in the ground. There's those supporters, but then there are, I can only begin to imagine that there are other supporters, and I know people like this, that have just, over the last nine months, have just completely disengaged with Ipswich Town because it's not been a part of their life. It's mm. they, can't, they haven't been able to go to games at a time where the club's also in, in such a low, lowly position after ultimately finishing 11th in League One, and then we, we've talked loads about the struggles of this season. To then say something like that at a time where I think you genuinely risk supporters just drifting away completely it's just really really poor in in terms of in terms of just customer relations it's just uh, yeah that those two or three paragraphs right at the end just left me left me shocked really it's um like you say it is antagonizing and that's the last thing that really i expected marcus evans to do to be if i was completely honest I don't know. I don't. It came on the same day that that mm. second banner was left yeah, out by it, Portman Road. I don't know if that wound him up. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Kind of if he's got anyone advising him on stuff like that, as to you know, uh, you know, it, whether or not he writes that himself, uh, or maybe someone should have said to him. I'm not sure we should use that term, Marcus, because that is a, a very deliberate um, and, and pointed comment aimed solely at the fans about about the Mick McCarthy decision and end of days, which is just bizarre. Um, mm. if, I mean, if he wants, if he wants a, a kind of idea as to how to do it the right way, you only have to look down the road, don't you, at Cole Yu and, and Robbie Cowling, who've, who've put out a, a really good yeah. statement this morning about the, the booing of the, the Black Lives Matter, which was obviously a disgrace on, on Saturday. Um, that That is the way that you handle relationships with your fans, I think. It certainly shouldn't be at a time where there is more unrest and there has been for a long time don't then pour petrol on the, on the flames mm. um by as you say patronizing and antagonizing fans it's, it's for me that was a, a really badly judged yeah statement and, and yeah. disappointing as well from I, yeah i just didn't expect it I don't, does this point to the fact he actually doesn't he does he does he have a relationship with the fans like is being being so private it is it's mm. hard to it, there there isn't really a relationship there is there between between no. ownership and the fans, there there is no relationship. So I don't know if this is just sort of a product of a product of that. Maybe at a time where supporters haven't been in the ground and haven't been able to express their opinion in a, in a forum where where Evans would take notice. Um, mm. Maybe it's just a product of that. But yeah, it's very disappointing. It wasn't wasn't what I was expecting. I, I you know we we knew there was going to be a, a public backing coming from the owner, but, and that would have been fine. I'd have respected that, but um, 
it's un- unwise in the extreme. Yeah, and we understand that the, the public backing is something that maybe Lambert's been kind of pushing for behind the scenes. Um, um, I'll take a few more comments, and then we can we can move on to some good news, some light amongst all the shade. Andre Dizel. Um, a few more comments from the KOA Army first, though. James Johnson, Double J, J Money, J Squared says really strange feeling around. I think Lambert can be the guy to take us up, and I believe he has what it takes. With the injuries, it's hard, and his comments don't help either. But then some stuff I've seen fans say, can he really be blamed for his comments? Chris Miles says, I do agree with the generally negative vibe, but for a bit of perspective, Peterborough have lost four of their last five. Sunderland have struggled as well since they beat us. This league is very average with lots of ups and downs, and the fact we're in contention with so many injuries is a positive. Uh, Mike King, I was pleased to win. No issue with Evans backing Lambert, but not done in a way likely to win over the fans. I was more intrigued about Lambert's comments about knowing what will resolve the negativity. Go on then, Paul, break it to us, says Mike. Um, Daryl Jones, D Jones, friend of the show, number one with a bullet. Marcus never should have said what he did. He needs the fans 100% behind him, especially as they return to Portman Road. Good or bad, let the fans be fans. When ownership and management engage, they've lost the battle and it only goes one way. And that's very true indeed. Martin F, very weird time. On the one hand, Lambert and Evans continue to piss everyone off with just about everything they say and do. On the other, we are still third in the table with lots of key players injured. This season has the potential to go two very different ways still. Harry Butcher, friend of the show, nothing will change for me until we beat a top six team. Um, ITFC John W, big John Watson, leader of the Carry Army Northern Battalion, says slightly better performance and game to watch. Pleasantly surprised we got back into it. I think Marcus Evans' comments are in poor taste, not well thought through and verging on insulting. I'm not convinced we're moving forward. How we are third is baffling. It shows how poor League One really is. Hutchie, are you are you with me? Can you speak? Yeah, I've been here, I've been here the whole time. Excellent. You just uh, just as I say, you went, you went very um, robotic, but fingers crossed, people um, picked up the tone of what you were saying because we've got some, some exciting stuff to talk about now. Hutchie, some good news on top of the win or before the win. Actually, this happened, of course. Andre Dizel, the jewel or one of the jewels in town's crown, has signed a new contract, and that came out of the blue as well. Yeah, that was really good news and, and a surprise as well. They've been talking about that for over a year and hadn't hadn't got anywhere. Um, but for the first time in that in that spell, he's playing games every week when he's when he's not suspended. Um, and that's what Andre Dazelle needs. So I'd imagine that the fact he's playing every single week, the centerpiece of the team, that's what's convinced him to sign three three year contract. For him, um, that's really big because I, I had I had every expectation that they'd be losing him for free in the summer. Mm. Ross, Andre Dizel, someone you've watched um, followed through the age groups. How how big of a, a deal is that that Town have, have tied him up for another three years? Yeah, it's massive. You know, definitely after the uh, once again it was good timing. You know, the Lambert um, no the Evan statement wasn't good timing, and then this was fantastic timing before the Plymouth game. Um, and, you know, we've been able to tie down players like, you know, Wolford and McGavin, Dobra in recent months. And now I'll say this is the the one I think we've been all calling for, really. We, we don't want to let him go for a, mm. a little fee. We want it, you know, if he does go in the long term in about a year or two, if he does go, at least it will be a bigger fee than him just going for like, you know, peanuts, basically. So good news. And he's having one hell of a season, which is um, is good to see. Mm. It's such an odd time, isn't it? As you say, there are you know players like Dazelle and, and the other players they've managed to sign to to long term deals. There's there's such promising young players and so good, certainly at this level. 
and yet there is still all this negativity around with what's happening with Lambert and Evans. It's just such an such an odd time, Archie. Yeah, it is, but I think it shows. I think it shows you just how important actually winning games of football and league positions and things like that is. That's that. That's the business of the football yeah. club: winning games, being in the best position you can, getting promoted back in the championship. That's you know that that's Ipswich Town's main job. That's what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Take a few more thoughts, and then we'll do a uh, do a Mark's big question and break up the. Uh... The footy. Um, Nigel G, friend of the show. I'm pleased with the three points, but still to be convinced going forward, we do need to look at taking games to the opposition and dictating the pace of the game from the start. Jamie Trott says, ultimately, we've all said in the past that the table never lies. So perhaps as a fan base, we shouldn't be too upset with third position with some key players to come back. Hopefully, the poor performances are behind us and we can kick on. Chris Bennett, if I was Evans, I would have got rid of Lambert by now. He hasn't. So we need to just get over it and back the team. Lambert needs to backtrack on his comments about four four two and go with that formation, or at least two up front. Hawkins will be effective with a partner up top. Right then, boys, should we do a Mark's big question? Let's hear that music. Mark's big question. 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 Okay, boys, so question today... I'm going to start with you, Hutchie. What is, or what are, if you have a few, your most random encounter with a footballer slash celebrity? So obviously you're someone who meets footballers all the time in very much a a working context. But I want to know a time where you've met a footballer or a celebrity completely out of context, Hutchie. I'm going to give you a list and then you um, you can pick which ones you want to hear about. You ready? You've got you've got a list. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I made, I made a little list. You ready? Yeah. Gary Lineker, Kevin Nolan, Ian Marshall, Phil Tufnell, John Tickle, Paul Daniels, Gordon Brown. What do you want? Uh, I want to start with. Um, well, there's, there's a lot there that piques my interest, but I think we should start with a former prime minister, Hutchie, uh, Gordon Brown. Tell me about that. Went on a tour of a boiler factory with him, and then went to the Lee and Perrins depot in Worcester. <laughs> That was work, though, right? That was work, but it was also very random. Um, <laughs> but have you, have you ever met a prime minister at a condiment factory? I, I haven't. No, 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 well, I no, haven't. You, no, you haven't. So, yeah, that, that's what, that's what I've got. Um, he was very, very brief in his words. Let's just say. Did he do that thing? Did he do that thing with Gordon Brown? Always does with his mouth when he finishes speaking. You know, and he, he says something and then hangs his mouth open. Have you noticed that? <laughs> no, I haven't. But I, <laughs> you'll, honestly, look for it. You'll, you'll, you'll never be able to unsee it now. Um, sorry, you, you, I, I interrupted there. You, you're giving me some more information about GB. Well, I've, I've been on. I've been on a boiler factory tour with um, quite a lot of quite a lot of people. Always the boiler factory when I worked in Worcester. That that's the home of Bosch, who okay. make who, who make boilers. Um, both Miliband brothers also love the boiler factory. Um, Bit, Alan, great times. Big up Bosch and the boiler factory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to know also about John Tickle and uh, Gary Lineker from okay. your list, please. Gary Lineker sat next to his son and him on a ride at Disneyland Paris before the France 98 World Cup. <laughs> Amazing. Uh and he signed. I think he signed our map. I got him to sign our map of Disneyland because that's all the only bit of paper we had. Um, 
But yeah, he seemed nice. Excellent. John Tickle uh, sat next to him on the tube on the way back into London after an NFL game at Wembley. Um, Ross, do you know who John Tickle is? No. Great last name. No. no, he was on... Um, was he, was he in Big Brother first and then did like yeah, some, was... some science program, didn't he? After that. Yeah, he'd say, for those who don't know who John Ticker was, he was on one, one of the early series of Big Brothers, um, which was so bad that year that um, although he'd been voted out, they put him back in to try and um, <laughs> liven up the show because he's basically a, a super mega nerd. Um, but they put him back in under the context of him knowing and having kind of access to behind-the-scenes information to try and shake things up. It didn't really work, uh, but then he moved on and got his own science show. Uh, a very interesting, and I'm led to believe, actually, a very nice man as well. Yeah, he's a very nice man. Um, he is from Norwich, though. I just just been on his Wikipedia. He's from Norwich as well. Oh, didn't didn't know that. Sorry. Oh. Uh, just to, just to round out the list. Used to do swimming lessons with Ian Marshall's daughter. Saw Kevin Nolan at Centre Parks and have been in a cherry picker to put up Christmas decorations with Phil Tufnell. So, um, <laughs> so in a shopping centre. So that's all I've got for you. That's that's an excellent list, Hutchie, and I'm very impressive that you managed to reel all those off. Roscoe, have you got any um, random encounters with with people? I, I can't top um, Hutchie's, but um, of course I've got to mention Mick, Ma, Mick McCarthy. Um, I used to always see him in my local Tesco's um, getting some milk and just a sandwich. I used to always queue. It's, it always happened. He used to be behind me in the queue, and I was like, oh, okay. He's <laughs> there. <laughs> and then from Mick McCarthy to Dizzy, uh, he was at a gig. Yeah, yeah. He was at, he was at I don't a think gig. that link. I don't think that link has ever been made in the history no. of time of broadcasting. Mick no. McCarthy and Dizzy Rascal. The segue. You've just done it, Ross. <laughs> Tell me more. So um, he was actually. This was a re- really random. I know he's a you know a rapper and stuff, but it was at a gig that I was um, lucky enough to be you know behind the scenes because it was uh, one of my friends who was sort of doing the gig, and out of nowhere, Dizzy Rascal came behind you know behind scene i was like what the what's going on here so um yeah a little chat with him had a picture of him i have to find the picture it was from 2011 so when he was like proper proper big proper big then so but it was just so random it was a very little gig in brixton in london um and i was young as well back then but um one of my friends dad basically runs his own like basically gigs and uh, he just we went and it was yeah good fun Please, please, please find a picture of you with Dizzy Rascal from, yes. from nine years ago because I think that's something we need to share with the listeners, the KOA Army. And I personally want to see that as well. Um, my list is is okay as well. Um, I think I've spoken before about meeting, depending on what you watch, Neil's dad from The Inbetweeners or Julius from uh, In The Loop, in the thick of it, um, outside a pub in the Peak District, in the middle of nowhere, um, he appeared with his friends, um, incredibly posh man, um, came up to us and patted Benson. Uh, Liz totally bottled it, my wife, uh, in terms of trying to get a picture of him. In hindsight, I think we probably should have said to him, um, can we have a picture? Because he clearly thought that we recognised him. There's no other reason for him coming over to say hello to Benson because he was obviously terrified of dogs in the way <laughs> that he patted Benson. <laughs> um, so that, that was pretty random. My most random one, I'd have to say, ever, and I think this may even trump Gordon Brown, Hutchie, was Hillary Clinton. Um Wow. We were on holiday uh, on a cruise um, 
and we were in St. Petersburg in Russia in the Hermitage Museum, which is an unbelievable museum, the craziest museum you, you'd ever see in terms of stuff they've got in there. They've got Rembrandts and and uh, all sorts of things, in- incredible. Um, who's the other really good guy? Van Gogh, that's it, the top guy. <laughs> they've got a few, they've got a few of his as well. Anyway, it's the sort of place that you could you could be in there for a week and not see everything. You're walking past priceless bits of artwork um, because there's there's more interesting things to see. Anyway, we're in a room looking at the Rembrandts, uh, and we're suddenly aware that there was a, there was suddenly a lot of men in dark suits around us um, with earpieces in, um, and then suddenly Hillary Clinton appears. Um, which was really odd, and she was she was there to to meet with Putin, um, and had this tour of the of the Hermitage as part of the the, the trip, um, and so we said hello to her. She's tiny, really small. You imagine people with with powerful people. I think you give them extra inches in terms of stature, but she is tiny, um, probably five foot, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, but there were lots of Americans there as well who kind of fell around and went, "Oh, Hillary! Oh, you're so great." Um, so it was, that was really random. Um, and I was hoping that one day I'd be able to say I'd met the President of the United States, but obviously it didn't work out for us. So that was a shame. And the other one, going from Hillary Clinton down a level, was the guy who played Mickey in EastEnders, um, <laughs> who, whose name escapes me, the ginger guy who's now married to Stacey Solomon. Um, Joe Swash. That's it. So I, me and Liz were out Christmas shopping one year in Bury when he was a big deal in EastEnders. Um, and we saw him and his sister, who was also in EastEnders, with him. Um, we saw him walking through the, the town. Um, and at the same time, other people noticed him. And I, I shit you not, it sounds bizarre, he brought Barry St Edmunds to a standstill. He had to go and hide in one of the shops in the in the shopping centre because there were so many people trying to get pictures of him. On You know, th- this is a kind of level, I guess, that Barry St Edmunds is at in terms of celebrity spotting. Um, and we ended up doing a piece in the paper as well um, and having a chat with him and his sister, um, even though we weren't technically working at the time, we ended up doing a piece for the paper. So what there you go. Hero. What a hero you are. I know, I know. I wouldn't do that now because um, obviously back then I was I was young and thrusting and looking to make a name for myself, whereas oh, now I'm old, I'm old and miserable. Um, so, yeah, there we go. We've got, we've got some good ones there. We went from uh, we went from Gordon Brown to uh, to Gary Lineker to Dizzy Rascal to Hillary Clinton, and we finish with Joe Swash. Fantastic. Um, boys, let's move on. I enjoyed that. It was one of the better Mark's Big questions. I'd like to ask you the same question when we can, when he's back. Um, but let's move on. Let's talk Let's talk a little bit to end the show about Portsmouth, actually. Obviously, we'll have a, we'll have a, a show in midweek to talk more about this. But the fans are coming back this weekend, and you've already alluded to it. You're very excited about it. I think it's going to be really good. Um, <clears throat> and I know there's, there's obviously... There's obviously plenty of negativity around and plenty of people saying that, nah, nah, even if I got a ticket, I wouldn't want to go. But do go if you get one, because it it felt so good to be back inside a football ground with supporters there, seeing people coming with scarves around their necks and and some singing. And it, it just felt that little bit more normal. Um, it was all handled really well at Plymouth. And I'm sure it will be at Portman Road as well. Um, I think fans are due to find out today whether they've been successful in the ballot for uh, for the Portsmouth game. Um, then obviously Burton on on the Tuesday, but uh, it's a big game. It's clearly clearly a big game against a team that that Ipswich need to start beating. Um, they've lost to them once at Portman Road already. 
and it's just going to be that bit bigger with supporters back inside. It's one that I'm really looking forward to seeing because it's so it, it's been so bleak in inside Portman Road without fans. There's no soul, no heart, no nothing really. And um, maybe it could be what the team need to get them firing again. Who knows? Mm. You do wonder about what kind of atmosphere there'll be, uh, Hutchie, because with with two thousand fans there, it wouldn't take that many of a minority to decide they were going to. Uh, chant Lambert out that kind of thing to, to make it quite a quite an unpleasant atmosphere um, yeah. so it, it will be interesting to see how it goes I mean just looking at more of the comments we've, I'm not going to be able to read all of these out because we had so many but a lot of the theme is the win papers over the cracks but I'm still pretty unhappy with the way things are um, although Sindra our old, our old Viking friend says um, positive performance thought town played with more intent and looked positive even before the changes were made credit to Lambo for turning the game around so we can always rely on Sindra to a bit of positivity. Roscoe, what, how are you feeling about the return of fans this weekend? You know, some company. It's a nice company. Normally, it's a, a lonely life being put so with no fans. So, uh, it'd be nice to see. And hopefully, there'll be a few fans that I know as well. So, my, my nan's put herself into the ballot, but she thinks she's already got tickets. I went, no, nan, you haven't got tickets yet. Hopefully, you win the draw. But, uh, yeah, it'd just be nice. As, as Hutch said, people just... It's it was it's been weird just walking down Portman Road, you know, to get into the stadium with no fans about. Normally, the time when I go, it's it's packed, mm. and you know, seeing people, you know, families just in the, you know, it's rich blue, and you know, I think we missed that, and you know, hopefully, um, it's a win as well. That that's the big thing. Hopefully, it's a win because you know, yeah. first game back with fans, and it's a dreadful game. It's like, uh, and it's going to be cold as well. So please win, town. <laughs> If, yeah, I mean, if Town could get a win this weekend against a promotion rival and in front of fans, how good would that be? That could really be a lift-off. I was surprised, actually, when you say 2,000 fans, how much difference that, that makes. Because sport has been so kind of um, tame, hasn't it, without fans. But even to have some crowd noise um, made such a huge difference to everything that I've I've watched this weekend. Um, that feeling of, of atmosphere and, and people actually caring about what's going on on the pitch as opposed to just silence or piped-in crowd noise. It was, was fantastic. Um, Hutchie, have you got anything else to mention before we uh, get on with our day? No other business. No other business. Roscoe, you have some other business, which I'm now inviting you to promote, because this yeah. Friday, the good news keeps on going, people. <laughs> this Friday, you're doing a special first-of-its-kind event on Instagram. Tell us about it. Yes, yeah, so to get you ready for Portsmouth, Friday night, 7pm, live on the Kings of Anglia Instagram page. I'll be doing a live strike, Itchwich Town Christmas quiz. Um, thing to do is get free fans on. So what you've got to do is just request on the live. And um, the goal is the winner who gets the most questions right. So and you win a prize. What's the so, prize, Ross? It'll be a mug. Something else coming as well. It could be a mug and some jaff cakes. So it's still to be confirmed. The prize still to be be confirmed. But get involved. Uh, I'm sure there'll be surgery vultures and all that jazz to be involved in the question. So get ready. So it's seven o'clock Friday um, on the Kings of Anglia Instagram, and then uh, obviously you'll you'll get if you're following the Kings of Anglia on Instagram, you'll get a, a notification to say that you've gone live, and then you can request to be on the live, um, to have your face alongside producer Ross in a live scenario, the dream come true. 
Or um, um, the champ champ of the strike um, live, Aaron Tester said he could possibly get involved as well. So I may actually have four people. I have three people battling out, but he then will be possibly part of it to be champ champ champ. A triple champ. The likes of which we've never seen the likes of which. Um, So don't miss that on Friday. We're also looking at potentially doing a KOA Live 3 Christmas special um, in the week before Christmas. We'll let you know about that when that's all sorted. Um, But other than that, I just have to say, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Um, We've covered a lot of ground. I've enjoyed it. Um, Great to have the boys with us. We'll be back later on this week to preview and talk about the Portsmouth game and everything else that's been going on in the interim. Please do follow us across all our social medias. Obviously, Instagram is the big one this week. Kings of Gear, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and also leave us a five-star review on iTunes because one day we're going to usurp the Kings of Leon as the top Kings podcast and your five-star reviews can help us there. Right then, boys, let's get on with our day. Everyone who's listening, I hope you have an outstanding start to the week. Town are winning. They're in third. There is some positive news to cling on to and hopefully that'll stay until we speak to you again later on this week. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.